racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as all yeah, red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. Well, this is it. Season 2020 is coming to a close and this is the last edition of the Parked Up podcast powered Woo! by Race Fuels. We're powered by Race Fuels for the last time in 2020. Episode number 38. My name's Grant Rowley. You're joined by Tony Dalberto as usual. And TD, this is the last Parked Up podcast for 2020. What a ride it has been. You know what, Grant? When you first pitched this idea to do a podcast, I was probably negative towards it. (laughs) It's taken me 38 episodes now to get into it. And I feel like we're just starting to hit our straps. Yep. Um, I feel like I'm leading the charge. I think you've, you've tuned out for the year now. And I'm just having to do all the work here. Well, I think what it, what's what's really happened is that, it, you know, the reason we started it, I guess, was that we had a lot of spare time up our sleeve with, with no racing going on. But now that the racing is starting to get revved up, mm. I've become just inherently busier. And yourself, as a race driver, still have nothing to do. That is not true. <laughs> but during COVID, I have been flat stick working in the family business. Uh, so my life hasn't changed that much. And I think now you're just starting to see like how difficult it is to fit an extra sort of maybe three or four hours into your Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. uh, podcast recording. Um, but are we going to do it again next year? Yeah, I think so. I like it. I think it, um, there's that we offer a little bit of value for the hundreds and Hundreds of people who are listening. We're thousands everywhere. Uh, it is now. thousands. It's thousands, actually. It's thousands. And we do appreciate everyone's support. And, you know, there, there's a lot of sort of newsy current topics that, that if you go back through the archive, that, uh, you know, there's some current up to the minute sort of bits that, uh, that we speak about. But, you know, if you go back and listen to some of the interviews we had, there's some really timeless, uh, nice pieces of um, of interview that we did. So if you are a regular and you sort of missed one or two, then go back and listen to it and let us know, give us some feedback on some of the errors that we made or, um, or some of the things where we could have done better. But yeah, look, uh, I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple of really key people that we need to thank before we do get into this pod. And this is a big pod, of course. The, part, the final parked up pod for 2020, powered by Race Fuels, features a really, really good chat with Ryan Story. We've actually just done the chat. It's a really long chat. So mm. we're going to get through uh, some of our preamble really quickly because Ryan was in real good form. He's in real good form. And we throw him a few curly questions as well. But before we get into that and before we get into the news and all the regular stuff, there's a couple of special people that we need to thank. First, 
top of the list. Grant Roller. Race, oh. <laughs> yes, I wasn't going to thank myself. Thank you. Okay. Race Fuels and Mark Tierney, Sean Scott and the team there. Down in Dandenong South, they they basically there from day one for us. And they made us feel extremely welcome in 2020. And during some some pretty trying circumstances, they put their their big barrels on the line for us and and gave us a bit of a support that, that we needed. And I can't thank them enough. And I know Tony, you will echo that. Mm. Having them come on board to to support our podcast, especially while it was really young, really fresh. No one really knew mm. much about it. And they put their name to it and uh, they, they've enjoyed it, but but we, uh, we we can't thank them enough. I actually saw Mark yesterday at Sandown. I had a track event on for Evolve Driver Training. We'll give them another plug because they've been a great supporter too. But he was down there supplying the fuel. And he said, it's actually strange to see you in person, Tony. I listen to your voice every single week on the podcast. Um, but it's really strange to actually see you in, in real life. So uh, it was nice to catch up, um, not over the phone for once, and just sort of you know see how he's going. But yeah, I, I definitely echo what you're saying, Grant. We've had some great support um, from those guys. And because the podcast has been so successful this year, and we've ramped it right up, and I am talking it up, don't you worry. We're probably going to have to, I don't know, like triple our fee for next year, I guess. Like, <laughs> Is that right? Um, that's, uh, that's like triple nothing is still nothing. Maybe we'll do something really unique and do the deal live on the podcast. All right. Let's get, let's get him on the line. Just put him under real big, big pressure and do the big sales pitch live on the pod. I reckon that'd be really interesting for everybody. Or yeah, it could be interesting for everyone if, if he absolutely rejects us and we, um, we end the phone call with our (laughs) tail between our legs. Could be terrible. We've also got to thank motorsportwebsites.com, as uh, particularly Shane Tanner, who came to our need when we didn't really know what we needed, but he supplied the great website that we have, parkedup.com.au. He built it from scratch, tailor-made. The thing is an absolute jet, and uh, it, it houses all of our great pods on there to make it really easy for people to go back through and listen and catch up on old pods or maybe even read some pretty odd commentary that I Mm -hmm. wrote about yourself and myself. Um, Reaction performance, Lee Stimation. He came on a recent journey with our, with for for yourself to get you ready for the Bathurst 1000 after Bathurst. He also, I also went on a bit of a journey to uh, shed a couple of kgs, which was very, very successful. And now I'm about to head into the Christmas period and destroy <laughs> every last bit of it. So looking forward to um, getting back onto the uh, train pretty, pretty soon. But um, yeah, Lee and the reaction performance team have been awesome to deal with. Yeah. Really um, encouraging and uh, just great to be around motivated people as well. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed my time with Lee. I mean, I'm on a current program at the moment, a 28-day program leading into Christmas. So just trying to uh, gain a bit of muscle this time, Grant. Um, I've got an in-body scan this weekend uh, to see if I've actually made any gains. So, yeah, it's been a really good journey, and he sort of got me got me ready for the Bathurst 1000. He's helping a lot of young drivers uh, that have sat on the sidelines uh, for, for this year but have big plans for next year. Um, so he's got a program that he's sort of, I was sort of the guinea pig, so to speak, 
um, but it was very successful uh, for myself. So he's going to uh, share some of those secrets with these young drivers and get them ready for a big season in 2021. Perfect. And and finally, the last person that need that I need to thank is yourself, Tony. Oh, a massive thank, thank you. you, honestly. Like you're, it's, it's not just been crying. your push and desire with the Parked Up podcast, but but really just being there as a great mate through what was a pretty trying year. Everyone dealt with the COVID period differently. I certainly had some some struggles through it, and I guess that's what. Uh, Lee Stimation from Reaction Performance had to fix up um, just in the past couple of months, but uh, but but seriously, to to do the podcast was great, but to do it with a mate was uh, was even better, and it just made it easy. Every Monday or every Tuesday or every Sunday or whatever day we were doing it, you know, it was just um, it was just a lot of fun. So thank you. My pleasure, but I can't really take a lot of credit to be honest, because I literally do about an hour of recording, and you spend about six hours editing our stuff up. So, <laughs> um, if anybody's put in the work, it's certainly been yourself. So, but I think you know, to be honest, over the year we've sort of both got into it in different ways, and I suppose specialize in different areas, so to speak. And depending on who we're having on the pod that week, um, so it depends on who does a lot of the running around and chasing. So. Um, it just varies a little bit, but together we sort of get it done. I'd, I'd really be interested, though, to hear from our listeners um, about the podcast and what we can improve on next year. Um, do you want it more regularly? Do you want it daily? Daily. Daily is a bit hard. But, you know, like, is weekly the way to do it? Fortnightly? Um, we, we like to be regular. You know, I think some of the other podcasts, you don't really know when they're going to drop, whereas uh, for the Parked Up podcast, generally we're going to drop on a wednesday this time but generally it's uh, on the tuesday morning but you know it's coming weekly so that's the reason we've gone down that path but hey we'd like to hear from you and and sort of get that feedback of what we could do better next year um, a friend of mine actually commented yesterday that he likes the banter between he doesn't like all the guests uh-huh. so yeah but i reckon it'd get a bit boring after a while if it was just you and me yabbering about all you know our thoughts and theories on on motorsport well whoever that was we don't want them to tune out just yet because we can <laughs> we can banter on but the chat that we have with ryan's story is really cool so make sure you hang around for that enough of the self-congratulations let's get into the final episode of news for 2020 Okay, here's the news. The news is powered by motorsportwebsites.com.au. Of course, they built the parkedup.com.au website. They can build your website. They can do a whole bunch of other things as well. So make sure you check them out at motorsportwebsites.com. Tony, still no extra news on who is driving where in the supercars silly season. We, uh, we peaked right at the right time. We remember a few weeks ago, we dropped that silly season pod. It was actually one of our best rating pods for the year, but basically no other seats or certainly no other major seats have been uh, firmed up since then. So mm. I think we scared everybody by, um, <laughs> by, by doing that. There has been a lot of uh, changes, chopping and changing in the engineering world though. Wes McDougall is heading over to triple eight. Brendan Hogan is going to head up team cool drive uh, tim blanchard's new team so quite some significant changes mm. in that engineering world yeah there certainly is and that's where we're seeing the biggest shift at the moment and and maybe you know because there's not a lot of news around drivers uh, media are focusing more on some of these team changes 
but they they are key personnel um, in their own right. So uh, they're they're uh, big ticket items, so to speak, and uh, like um, they're, they're going to take a lot of experience to their new team. So it'd be interesting to see what they can do. Um, on the driver front, though, you know, there's a lot of rumors around, huge amount of rumors um, circulating, but. Again, nothing to really talk about today that uh, has been confirmed. I'm still hearing David Reynolds, though, will be at Kelly Racing. That, that's such a strong rumour. And yeah. I think at the moment there's there's probably some dramas between himself and, and Betty trying to sort out legal side of things and contracts. Um, but as far as I know, that that's very, very, uh, very, very close to be being done. So time will tell, but I don't think we'll know those sort of details probably till the new year. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the other major one still remains the quandary that they've got at Tickford racing. Currently they've only got three confirmed wrecks to compete. Mm. Have they got hold of a fourth? Now, if they do get hold of the fourth, who's actually going to drive? Of course they've got four drivers basically confirmed, but mm. Lee Holdsworth looks like he's the one who could miss out. And Thomas Randall, I see on, the likes of Speed Cafe and and Auto Action is being mooted as going to uh, as mm. being potentially part of that frame. So th- that seems to be where where things are pointing there. But I guess it all hinges on confirmation of whether they get that fourth wreck or not, which will make it a twenty five car field if they mm. can pull one of those wrecks off the shelf. Yep. bring an extra car into the field. I think there's nothing wrong with that, but um, I no. guess uh, it, it'll probably be before big old Santa comes, visits us that, that we might know about that, but yeah, the, the four car um, operation at Tickford is definitely getting stronger. That rumor, if it's only three cars, they've got about six too many drivers that they're talking about. So as far as I know, the Thomas Randall rumor is getting very, very close to being done. So yeah, I, I can't get my head around it just yet. Who who's going to miss out? Um, but yeah, they've got too many drivers for the amount of seats they've got available. But I think they will get themselves another license so they can run four cars. It makes sense. Cool. We also had the supercars calendar finally drop, um, and we also had the Porsche Carrera Cup calendar fall into place as well. So now, basically, all major and support-based categories have locked in their calendars for, for 2021. Gives the sport awesome direction, and I'm sure every commercial manager is now um, feverishly updating their um, Spono proposals and, and firing them out because you know exactly where you're racing and, and how things are going to be done. So, so uh, 2021 has really already started as, uh, as we start to build up. And, and look, we even saw... In the ARG world, we had James Golding in an S5000 car down at Simmons Plains. He conducted just a brief five-lap run down there to to bring that uh, the V8 S5000 power to Tasmania for the first time for a bit of a, a media opportunity. And uh, yeah, look, the car looked good out on track with uh, you know 12, 14, or 15 of those things going around there. That's going to be pretty special. The question I have, Grant, is did they do that just to see whether the S5000 would get through the hairpin at, at Tasmania? Because I reckon that would have been a bit of a consideration or a concern um, whether they actually have enough steering lock. And I remember in the supercar when we raced there, we'd actually give it a little bit more lock 
to be able to get through uh, that tight hairpin um, that's got a huge amount of character. Uh, but an S5000 car, I reckon, would be really quite difficult. Yep, it all looked good down in Tassie. Can't wait to see the S5000s down there. Another open wheel class that some people may have heard of is this little thing called Formula One. <laughs> and Tony, since the last time that we spoke, a lot happened in the Formula One world. Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> world champion, con- contracted COVID. George Russell, the, the next big British hero, filled his role at Mercedes. This, this kid called Mick Schumacher, related to uh, some bloke who's, who's apparently won a couple of things in the sport, he's been confirmed at Haas. So, and, and, uh, that, that, and then he went and, went and won the F2 title in, in Bahrain. Plus, they were all leading up to this sort of unknown of competing at the outer loop Bahrain track. So there was plenty to get their heads around. But ultimately, the big story for that weekend was that Sergio Perez took his maiden Grand Prix win in what was one of the most chaotic Grand Prix in history. It was an amazing race to watch. It absolutely had everything. But for Sergio to get turned around at the start of the race, for one, he went to the back of the field, but he was so lucky not to get any damage on his car. You know how fragile those things are. Mm. Like he got um, hit quite hard, turned around, uh, he had to pit, and then to be able to come back through the field and have that opportunity to take a win, especially when he's got a really uncertain future ahead of him. You know, we're not sure what he's doing next year, whether he's going to be part of Formula One. And it would have been a real shame if he had finished off his career in Formula One and not been able to get a win uh, in the Formula One championship. So he's had an amazing run recently of podiums. So uh, really strong form. Um, you got to feel for George Russell, though. He almost put the car on pole. He absolutely nailed the start, had the race uh, in the bag, basically. He, mm. he was doing everything in his power to, to win that race until he came into the pits for a pit stop and all hell broke loose. Mercedes, Mercedes put the wrong tires on. You just don't expect that from the best team in the world. And it was an absolute shit fight, basically. Wrong tires. Then he gets a puncture. Like, yeah, it, it was an absolute nightmare. So he went from, uh, you know, comfortably winning the race to I think he uh, ended up finishing outside the points in the end, didn't he? Yeah, uh, now George finished ninth. So that was actually the, his first ever points in Formula One as well, which um, – which is he would think that's a massive disappointment because he didn't want he didn't go there to get points he went there to win that race yeah without a doubt and uh, he deserved to so we've seen uh, you know a new and basically a new star in Formula One everyone's behind him um, and to be honest you know made Bottas look a little second rate to be honest like I mean I don't like saying those things but for a driver to come in that hasn't driven the car very much I know he's done some preseason testing I know he's been driving the Williams but you're still not as familiar with um, the Mercedes-Benz as you should be. So uh, for him to come in, match Bottas straight away and basically almost win the race in his first attempt shows how good he is. So it'd be great to see if we could you know, get him into a good car sooner rather than later. You know, The more years he stays at Williams, um, the less opportunity he's going to have to win world titles. So I think that's really opened up everyone's eyes to how talented he can be. And he, he is as good as, you know, a Verstappen or a um, Charles Leclerc or uh, Lando Norris, all these young up-and-coming racing drivers. You know, he can definitely mix it with them and it would be a massive confidence boost for him. 
The Brits are absolutely losing their minds over this kid as well. They like this this guy. I know the the British public. They certainly get behind their sporting stars, and and they really got behind Lewis when when he was when he was younger. I know there's for whatever reason there's uh, you know some anti Lewis sentiment out there. I hope to God that it's not racism, because it it would be absolutely disgusting if that's the undertone to the whole thing. But for for whatever reason, maybe maybe it's just the fact that he's won too much, and everyone wants to see someone new. And now they've got this new young Brit star. Yeah. I know they've got Lando Norris as well, and he seems to go okay. But but George has won the hearts and minds of the British racing public and and the media as well. So um, you're right. It'd be great to see him get a, a a good seat. Last little bit of news though, um, we had an awesome episode last last episode with uh, Dr. Carl Lee, who spoke extensively about the Romain Grosjean crash at Bahrain where he was involved in that fiery incident that he thankfully uh, escaped from but the burns that he has suffered to his hands and the and the other parts of his body mean that he has now competed in his last Grand Prix as it stands right now he won't be able to make the final round of the championship at Abu Dhabi so I don't know sad that he misses out happy that he survived that um, gigantic fireball what do you reckon oh it's a shame but I yeah, I think it's probably, I think everyone expected him not to be racing in Abu Dhabi. It's a shame for him not to be able to finish off his Formula One career with a race. But uh, he was saying over the weekend on the coverage that he's going to contact every Formula One team to try and get a test day um, just to shake off what, is, what has happened and to finish off his memories in Formula One in a completely different manner than, you know, being stuck in a race car with fire all around him. You know, they're, they're nightmare pictures um, that we don't wish upon anybody. So let's hope he gets that opportunity. It would be a shame if he doesn't. Yeah, it would be a shame. And uh, I guess also there's some other news that's likely to drop pretty soon about whether Lewis Hamilton will actually compete in the last round. Maybe maybe old little George Russell will get a chance. I shouldn't say little George Russell. The guy's got a size 11 foot. Like yeah, he's the- actually quite tall. He's massive. He, he's massive. So he might get one final shot with Mercedes as well and maybe, maybe pick up that win. But, you know, that uh, Abu Dhabi is a completely different beast to what that outer loop at Bahrain is. You know, effectively, that's only got four corners. Uh, mm. As you know, you've raced at, you only raced on half of the um, Abu Dhabi circuit and it's got a lot of corners there. So that'll be that'll be the real test. If, if he can... Mm. If he can match or better Bottas, then then that's a uh, that's a huge one for him. So that's it. Enough Formula One. Enough V8 supercars. It's time to talk to Dr. Ryan Story. He has been an integral part of taking the DJR brand to the top of supercars, and this year celebrates their third consecutive championship. I know you guys didn't quite get the job done at Mount Panorama but it was still an, another amazing year. He's such a great character and uh, he, he's received a couple of really unique accolades in the last week. So it's time to grab him on the phone. Dr. Ryan Story here for the first time on the Parked Up podcast. All right, it's our last podcast for 2021 and we've saved the big guns for the last episode. It's great to welcome Ryan Story onto the Parked Up podcast. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Look, it's a pleasure to be here. I just assume there must have been another guest based on that opening, but uh, 
hell to get an introduction like that. It's, I mean, I pay TD, but uh, I don't pay you, Growly. That's uh, that's worked out pretty good. But uh, it's an absolute pleasure to, to be with you two. Hey, Grant, what year is it, mate? Uh, what did I say? 2020, right? Did I say 2021? 2021? <laughs> uh, look, Great you, start. Usually I'd uh, cut those out, but I'm absolutely going to keep those in because it's the uh, it's the final episode where um, we're due a couple of mistakes. We haven't made a single mistake this whole uh, <laughs> these whole 38 episodes. Dr. Brian Story, great to have you on. An amazing year again for DJR Team Penske, but all change for, for next year. But before we talk a little bit about next year, the success, the uh, the adulation, the uh, the amount of trophies and garlands and all those things that you guys have collected over uh, this year and the past couple of years has been amazing. Now that you've had a couple of months to digest post-Bathurst, how's it all sit in team DJR land? Well, I think back in the old days with the trophies that guys like Dick Johnson and John Bow would win, you could, you could melt the silver trophies down into ingots. You could sort of end up with the, with a couple of ounce ingots and, and have real value, but uh, these 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 plastic sort of uh, silver plated trophies they do these days, they're, they're they're nice to win, but they don't have the same value and, and and cachet as some of the oldies, and they also don't need as much elbow grease to keep them polished. But uh, look, we've had a, an enormously successful run, and and that that doesn't elude any of us. I mean, when you're at the top, the only way you can go is down, and we've managed to have three years on the trot with Scott McLaughlin winning the Drivers' Championship, which is an of itself an enormous achievement. But in three of the last four seasons, we've won the team's championship. And that's not an easy thing to do. And we certainly don't take for granted the competition that we're up against. And we also don't take for granted uh, the, 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 the zenith and the path that we've uh, taken to get to where we've been. And it's quite interesting. Tony was with us. He joined us in 2016. So he was, he was there before we, we found success. He's had a Bathurst podium with us and has been a great asset and, and, and a really, really strong contributor to the team over the past few years. And that's why it's a great pleasure to do this. It's obviously, I don't know why it's taken you so long to invite me on, but uh, (laughs) I'm just making the decision not to take it personally, but, uh, but look, you can never, you can never underestimate, or take for granted success, uh, but you also have to appreciate that from that 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 the that success is the fruit of enormous planning, enormous hard work, and enormous effort. The mantra of Penske is effort equals results. In fact, just before just before we actually started, every year Roger has minted a Penske coin with the year on it that says effort equals results, and that was a mantra that was given to him by his father, and we actually just had a staff meeting to give out the 2020 versions of those coins. So that will continue that same, uh, that same ethos within the organization, despite not having uh, Penske ownership or the Penske name on the door will continue. But the success we've had is nothing short of extraordinary and we hope to be able to continue it, but we've got modest expectations going forward and, uh, and, and high and lofty expectations for the medium and long-term and uh, with the right amount of effort with the right resources and certainly the right people. And we've got some great people. Hopefully we can continue to be at the pointy end of the field. Now, Ryan, it's uh, there are a few changes within the team, obviously a new driver lineup um, with Will and Anton, which is exciting. Um, a bit of a sad departure for Scotty Mack, but he's obviously um, going on to bigger and better things. 
Um, but you've still got the key ingredients there to, to have that success. You know, things are going to change a little bit, but um, as far as uh, personnel within the team, you've ma managed to retain Ludo as well, yourself. Um, th those people in the team that are sort of make a, a lot of the difference are still within the team. So um, going forward, I'll, you know, personally, I wouldn't see the team suffering whatsoever. Well, look, that's how we look at it too. And we've been very fortunate that we've got a tremendous amount of commercial support behind the team, in addition to having supporters and a supporter base. I mean, you know this full well, that uh, driving for this team and driving for Dick Johnson and, and, and in the past six seasons, driving for Dick and Roger and myself, the support that this team has is nothing short of extraordinary. So we've managed to keep the staff together, which is a, which is a key thing. And we've managed to keep and, and retain and increase our, our, commercial, uh, our commercial position, which on the back of a year like we've had, if you take away the on-track success, in the backdrop of a coronavirus pandemic, it's nothing short of extraordinary. We've had an economic recession, the first time Australia's had a, had a recession since the early 1990s. It's extraordinary to be in the position that we're in as a race team. You know, we're a race team, we're a marketing company, we're a commercial company, we're a media company, we're an engineering company, we're a manufacturing company, we're all of these things under one roof. And the success of it all is, is, is the people. There's no question about that whatsoever. So to retain the core foundation of that group is really going to be the key to our long-term success. Now, Ryan, you, you're a bit of a big deal at the moment. And we're very fortunate to get you on the show this week for our last podcast of the year. He's um, up, Ryan. He's I know, up. I know. But ranked 44th biggest power player in sport. And you've just uh, taken over the chairman of the commission at uh, Motorsport Australia as well. So it's been a, quite a big couple of weeks of announcements. And um, it does show, I suppose, the work you've put in behind the scenes. And I suppose the um the success you've had and people trying to get some of that advice maybe and uh, learn from some of the learnings you've had over the last um, few years um, with DJR Team Penske. No, I, I'm very humbled by both of those things in actual fact. I mean, they got my age wrong in the, in the, <laughs> the, in the power rankings. They, they, they aged me and I think it's fair to say that the Supercars Championship does, does, uh, does age anyone really, but uh, except for drivers, drivers seem to remain forever young i mean we've got I, an easier role well that's true that goes without saying uh that goes without saying you both behind them we'll do it pretty easy but uh, but look it's 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 incredibly humbling uh but uh, it's it is an enormous amount of work i, I can't pretend that uh, that 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 i'm the, the 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 guy behind the curtain doing doing everything that's not the case at all it's a, it's a it's a consequence of putting together really strong people but as it relates to the Motorsport Australia role and the Australian Motorsport Commission, it's about giving back to the sport. I mean, the commission has got a mandate from the Board of Motorsport Australia around circuit racing and improving it and making recommendations around how to make it better and, and the future direction of, of the sport that we all love. And it's, something, and it's something that I take tremendously seriously and it's a very important role. And I'm incredibly proud to be able to take it on and humbled to be in a position to do so. But, uh, but yeah, that was certainly a surprise on the weekend. I, I had a bit of sleep in Saturday morning and uh, my, uh, my, my old man gave me a call and I missed the call. And it was followed up by a text from my mum. And I used, that's usually a sign that something serious is going down. So I immediately jumped on the phone. Mum had sent me a, a, a text in all caps saying, call your father. And I thought, oh, 
God, God. Just like anything. So I rang up and go, you know, what what the hell is happening? What's going on? And they said, apparently, you know, apparently you're a big you're a big deal. And I went, well, it's news to me. So, <laughs> so it, was a, it was a nice way nice way to find out. But uh, I'm grateful grateful for it and, hum- and extremely humbled by it, to be honest. But uh, but there's a lot of incredible people who are in that list, and 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 even more who probably should have been recognised. But uh, but the sports, it's it's so close to my heart. I put so much effort into it. You know, working and running one of these teams is a 60, 70 hour a week job minimum. Uh, and that's and that's that's even that's that's whether you're winning, that's whether you're losing. I mean, I've been at both ends of the spectrum. Building a team takes just as much effort as 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 one that wins and one that uh, makes up the numbers on the grid. So uh, it's yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to be done with the Australian Motor Racing Commission that really excites me. There's some good people on the commission as well, and I'm really looking forward to that role. Getting that accolade isn't a bad result considering you only went to two races for the year. Well, technically only one. I actually went to the Grand Prix. I went to Melbourne and worked out of the hotel. I didn't actually go to the track. And we happened to be at the same hotel that the McLaren team was staying at. So when everything came out, they had a couple of positives. I thought, well, maybe it's probably time to catch a flight home. But uh, but look, the the Superloop 500 was successful for us. So... As a hometown boy, I accepted the trophy when Scotty won on Sunday. That was a, I've done managed to do that twice in my time running the team. And one of the things I'm most proud of, and I'm surprised not more teams do it. You often see team bosses and engineers go up and accept trophies, but with the incredible, just unbelievable, uh, unbelievable run of success that we've had, uh, one of the proud, one of the things I'm most proud of is that every member of the travelling crew has accepted a team's representative's trophy. And, you know, you guys know this, when you're on the road traveling as part of a race team, you, your family sort of watches from afar. They don't necessarily understand what it's all about. And, and, and may, maybe the wife or husband and kids and whatever can get to a race if they can, or your parents can get to a race if they can. But, but the opportunity to represent the team and go up on the podium and to have all your friends and family see you on TV representing the team and for all the hours and all the effort that these, these guys put in, it's just a small accolade and a small tribute to those those people. And when we started a, a bit of a run in 2017, it was really important to me that we that we recognise not just the engineers who were who were the guys who were the face the faces and the people that people know the people that the punters know, and even ugly mugs like myself, but uh, but the mechanics, the media guys, the commercial guys, um, the unsung heroes who who really make up the backbone of the organisation. And uh, I was one of the last ones to to accept a trophy because my ugly ugly face gets on TV enough as it is, and 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 the dulcet dulcet nasally voice uh, gets on enough podcasts too, for that matter. Now, uh, look as you touched on there, a uh, an amazing year and 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 lots of people to uh, who have contributed to it. One person or one group that won't contribute in the future is the the Penske organisation, which have been a real backbone of what you guys have done and what you guys have stood for over the past, uh, past couple of years. So can they still be involved in any way? I'm sure um, Roger, Tim and his team won't just dust their hands, even if it's just as much as a, a couple of email congratulations or commiserations after races next year. I'm sure they won't be too distant, but, but how distant will they be is it a complete dust of hands or or do you do you see them still playing some role in the future 
No, look, I think since since 2013, uh, when I first met Roger Penske and Tim Sindrick for the first time, and that was with Dick Johnson and the late Steve Brayback, uh, we set about this tremendous journey to build the team up to what it what it is today. And we would, certainly wouldn't have achieved the success that we've had if it wasn't for Penske. But uh, the processes and procedures that they've instilled within the organisation and the old saying that engineers can't unlearn what they've learned uh, sings true. We will continue to build upon upon those processes and, and those practices and continue to get better and focus on how we can continue to be evolving and uh, successful race team doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we can sustain, sustain the success that we've had, especially when you see a driver the calibre of Scott McLaughlin uh, uh, embark upon his IndyCar dream. But the Penske organisation will continue to be a part of our team as a, as a commercial partner. And that's something that we're really, really excited about. Uh, but, but certainly they remain tremendous friends. I mean, when they came to us and when, when that initial approach took place, it happened in the backdrop of Roger purchasing from Trans-Pacific the distributorships for Western Star and MAN trucks. So basically, Roger was building a footprint here in, in Australia and in New Zealand. And as has been the case through all of his businesses from when he started over 50 years ago, is he's used racing, which is his great passion, as the marketing arm of his business operations. So it was only natural for him to think of supercars as a way in which to basically build Penske into a household name here in Australia. I mean, if you'd mentioned Penske before to the average punter in the street, they'd, they'd talk about the Penske file on Seinfeld. They wouldn't necessarily think of the, the recipient of the US Presidential Medal of Freedom, Roger Selpensky, but uh, they do now. And you see a lot of Penske trucks on the road through Penske Truck Rental. They've had tremendous success in defence and in other industries in mining with their on-highway and off-highway engines with MTU and Detroit Diesel. And we, we've, been, we've played a huge part of that in, in not only entertaining their customers and providing a platform for that, but, but marketing the business and doing so in a, in a respectful way and in a way that, that, that demonstrates that Penske is all about success. That's really been our role and that's been our mandate from day one. So we'd, 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 the, we, we certainly end, end on incredibly good terms. We understand the reasons why the partnership ends. Uh, but for Dick and myself in continuing to go racing, it's a passion of ours. It's, it, the show simply had to go on. And uh, we're, we're in a position, as I mentioned, to remain lifelong friends, friends with a number of tremendous talented people. But there's always been this misconception that, that a lot's happened in North America, and, and that hasn't been the case. Our manufacturing has taken place here. Sure, we've ordered parts out of North America, as, as a lot of people do, particularly as it relates to the engine piece. But the design work's been done here in Australia by our lead designer, Perry Kappa and others within our engine engineering department. Our manufacturing's done here and any outsource manufacturing that we do is, is sent out to local, local businesses. In fact, when, uh, when the pandemic originally hit, I spent a huge amount of time with a lot of our local suppliers, helping them understand JobKeeper and some of the state government loans and things and went to enormous, enormous trouble to ensure that that Southeast Queensland motorsport eco-centre could continue to sustainably exist so that when we're able to get back to going racing, we could. And that's because so much of our manufacturing and so much of what we do is based here in 10 Emory Street, Stapleton. So there'll be no changes there. I think uh, that there won't be quite so many late night phone calls, uh, mm -hmm. but I think that there'll be plenty of emails and I think they'll certainly watch with great interest and 
you know, we're stealing one of their number one drivers to come and co-drive for us at Bathurst. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. But uh, the relationship's still a very strong one. We're incredibly fortunate to have been to have played a part in in what's been an incredible partnership, and uh, and and we we both uh, we we certainly part on 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 very amicable and 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 healthy terms. Now I'm glad you, you say... mentioned I'm glad you mentioned that co-driver piece because we or need to talk about your co-drivers for for 2021. Actually, let's talk about the the uh, the Kiwi who's just ducked off to America. The, the the situation in the states is quite volatile, particularly for Australia, because you know at the moment we're dealing with our hotel quarantines and making we want to make sure that uh, this uh, virus stays away. That's the mandate that this country has had, and and we've done an extremely good job. Now, getting someone who's staying over in America back here seems like not an easy task. Now, this is talking just you know we're in December 2020, and by the time we get around to September 2021, the world is likely to be a, a largely different place. But yeah, right now, do you think it'll be an easy process for Scott to come back into the country? And what's the backup plan? And all of those questions that I know I could keep asking. Well, look, he's super, he's super pumped to come back. There's no question about it. But only a fool wouldn't have a backup plan in place. I mean, if we look at what's happened over the past, past few weeks, uh, we've seen uh, Pfizer ask the Food and Drug Administration in the United States to fast track approval for their mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, which is a which is a new type of vaccine. An mRNA vaccine has has never been clinically used before, so that's something that's very new. But uh, the Oxford uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, which is something that looks to be geared up to be deployed here in Australia with the Australian government's investment with CSL, is something that hopefully we'll see the back end of COVID. Even UQ, as recently as I read only as recently as today, that uh, that University of Queensland and, and and their research into COVID nineteen and, and vaccine studies, is, they they're very confident in the efficacy of, of the vaccine that they've been working on. So, we've seen enormous investment across the world in trying to combat and mitigate this pandemic. Australia's probably done it better than others, uh, but with over two hundred and eighty thousand deaths in America, it's it's been an incredible tragedy. So we're mindful of what the calendars look like right now. Uh, certainly what 2020 has, has taught us is that uh, we have to be prepared to react. So I think we need to just see what happens over the course of the next few months as we see some of those vaccines rolled out. Here in Australia, we, we know we have the capability to roll out 10 million or so odd doses once we have an approved vaccine and, and that can happen over, over a phased period of several months. And uh, with that approval in the United States, hope, hopefully we can see the most vulnerable in our community and the most vulnerable and susceptible to COVID-19 uh, seek that treatment and uh, hopefully we can see, see it uh, nipped in the bud and, and, uh, and hit on the head. But uh, of course, we've always got, uh, we've always got backup plans and, and other thoughts in our mind of, of what, what could and what, what should occur if the worst case scenario were to transpire. But, you know, we're pretty positive people. Um, Tony can tell I you think from knowing... Tony can tell you from knowing me, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the ultimate pessimist, but I'd like to think of myself more as a pragmatist. But uh, of course, we've, we, we, we've, got, we've always got uh, other things in mind. But the, the plan right now is to have Scotty come back. He's super excited about the opportunity to come back. Um, and, uh, and we are as well. I think what Grant's asking is, are you going to get him over for a 20-minute co-driver session at Winton? Do you think he needs it? Well, I think if you, I think if you sort of 
go back over the past couple of years and see some of his performances there and some of his one lap performances there that uh, that lap in 2017 good god I, I think I've, I think I've got it memorized and I've, I've certainly got Crompton and Scaife's commentary of that lap memorized in my head and I remember watching the micro sectors as, as as you gentlemen know and but but a lot of the uh, a lot of the punters don't you know you see three sectors when you're watching watching any race on television but uh, at Bathurst, I think we've got nine or something to that that effect. And we saw the micro sector as he came out of the chase. We saw the micro sector just as he came in the, just just as he came into the entry of Murray's, I think. And we knew that lap was on. So look, this guy's got tremendous experience, and he's going to he's going to be, come back to us uh, when the time comes. A, a more rounded racer. I'd love to see him collect a couple of trophies before that happens too. And I think he played a I think he did a hell of a good job at St Pete. Uh, he just needs a bit more practice on the red red sidewall tire, but uh, hell, he's uh, he's got an amazing opportunity ahead of him. But uh, for him to still prioritise and, and want to come back and race at race at the mountain and race with us is something that uh, we're pretty chuffed about. But uh, in terms of getting him back just to do a do a couple of co-driver sessions, uh, I don't know if the I don't know if a three-time consecutive uh, champion necessarily needs that. This year's probably been proof of that. I mean. We went to Bathurst as the only only enduro TD over here did a pretty shit ass job uh, in the, in the in E series, but uh, but you know we put yeah. him in a we put him in a real race car and he went he went just fine. So I think I think the same will be the case for Scotty. Uh, yeah, what's, looks. Uh, what's the expectation? Do you think for Scotty over there? Well, I think that he look he surprised the hell out of everyone when he did the open test at Coda at the start of the year, but. The other tests that he's done, I mean, he's ran now at the Speedway, which means he can he can he can qualify to race at the Indianapolis 500. Um, and uh, what he did at St Pete, just on the standard black sidewall tire, I think it was tenth in practice. It was pretty extraordinary. But he just he just lacked a bit of experience with the with the sticky with the sticky stickers, uh, the sticky tires, and and that's that's pretty pretty much the norm with rookies. Uh, but uh, he's he's impressed a lot of people already, and I think we're going to see mm. more of that. And we've spoken to a lot of Australians and, and certainly a lot of people within the Team Penske organisation about his progress and what the general view of the paddock is of, of, of this, this kid who's come over from racing tin tops and, and, and uh, touring cars to, to open wheelers. I mean, he's driven Formula Fords before, but this is basically his first real, real gig in an open wheel car. I mean, they joke. They joke to St. Pete that he's he's used to sort of knocking knocking mirrors off. But if he knocking mirrors off at street circuits, but if he uh, gets too close to the wall, he's going to take a whole corner off off one of these things. But uh, I think he's impressed a lot of people, and you know we know the pedigree of his talent. So there's mm. no doubt in my mind that he he will have success. And and if he doesn't, he's just the sort of person who will work incredibly hard until he does. That's just who he is. I mean, we saw it. I mean, geez, I mean, just this year is a perfect example of it. He, we, we'd planned before the pandemic. We'd planned for him to go during the month of May and do the Indy Road course. And if that went well, there were likely to be other opportunities for him to 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 head over there. It wasn't preordained that he would be a full time IndyCar driver based in the US for 2021. There was talk of potentially there around him uh, doing a couple of events as well as being a full-time steerer in supercars. There, there were so many options on the table. But he basically, no sooner had he completed that open test, and I think he did a, an, oval, an oval test following that, uh, that test at Coda, he just immediately started dropping weight and, and, and doing everything he needed to do to be prepared and as ready as he could be for that opportunity. And 
he's dedicated and committed. He's a professional race driver and his success is by no means an accident. Yeah, we can't wait to see how it unfolds. Just gives us another reason to wake up at ungodly hours on uh, Sunday nights, Monday mornings to uh, to to watch it if if willpower and the likes of Scott Dixon wasn't enough. Then um, yeah, to have a uh, a current modern supercars driver in there is is awesome. Now um, we got to address the elephant in the room. I've got to ask about our little friend here, Tony D, and uh, driving with your great organisation as hey, you're a not going to say nothing. Driver, Tony has been, as I've said, he has been a tremendous asset to our organisation for a number of years, and we yep. look forward to being able to talk more about our full driver lineup <clears> in due course. <laughs> this is not the result. He's going to make me sweat for. over Christmas, Grant gonna make yeah, me listen, sweat over you christmas know, you, you know i i i pay i pay attention to you bots and you know tony, tony put the cart before the horse the other the other day he said he was already contracted and i went through all my paperwork i think i didn't did i sign, did I sign him up for more do you do i mean i should have but i was going through and i couldn't find anything but you know how oh, we that's could good do, that we, you listen we could do we could do a hell of a lot worse than having someone like TD co-drive for us. Put it that way, and he wouldn't have and he wouldn't have had the tenure he's had with us if he if he didn't do a fantastic job both in the car and out of the car. He's low maintenance, which I know you'd find hard to believe, Growley. I'm pretty convinced <laughs> that the prep, the prep the prep work you must you must have to put into this. I mean, he's a race driver for goodness sake, but uh, the prep work that must go into putting this thing together, uh, you, it it must come as a shock to hear that he's low maintenance, but he is. But he does a great job for us as a team. He's a great ambassador. He's been he and he has been from day one, really. Uh, low maintenance, plug and play, does a great job behind the wheel. So we could sure we could sure do a hell of a lot worse. But uh, let's see what happens. We'll we'll we'll, we'll announce our driver lineup uh, in in uh, in the new year. And uh, hell, he might uh, we might be able to wash one of his old suits here and, and get him to put it back on. <laughs> I've got I've got plenty of them. Um, let, let's growing, finish off. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's let's finish actually, off with a couple actually, of quirky TD, ones. TD actually, he, he turned up reasonably fit. I think during his Darwin, uh, during his Darwin uh, quarantine, I think he was just did just I think he just did the hundred push up thing, and he just he, he turned up he turned up fit as a fiddle. I've never seen him fitter. I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe he was getting. I thought maybe he was getting a shot in an open wheeler over in North America. <laughs> All he did for two weeks was eat those midges. That that's that was his diet. <laughs> they they reckon if you get a tan, it drops a few kgs, and I had a good tan. So there you go. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah. you get out Drop the five kgs. Yeah. Now, actually, let's actually, been... your your Darwin neighbour, your Darwin neighbour is actually he's actually in my office and has been up here helping me for the last few months. One Robert Herod of yes. Herod Motorsport fame. He's actually in the room now. And he, yeah. do you say hello? You want to say hello to to, to Tony and Grant Valley, Rob? Hello, people. How are you? I don't know if you can hear. He's just he's just <laughs> yeah, saying we hello, can hear. Yeah. But uh, but at one stage during your quarantine period, Rob came up here because uh, his daughter Britt had uh, had had her daughter, so he became a grandfather for the second time. And uh, I think you two were neighbours in that uh, in that uh, in that yeah. quarantine camp that you're at. We were. Yeah, Rob, Rob helped me get through. He gave me all the hot tips before I got there, so we had about well, a week well, overlap. Well, what he made clear, I mean, the reason why the, 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 I, I, I try to flatter TD by saying he worked on his fitness, but Rob, Rob, Rob told me that the real, the real truth behind it, the reason why you was you came out of it so fit is that the food was so goddamn awful, it was almost unedible. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Words cannot express. <laughs> 
Um, now let's finish off with a couple of quirky questions. I know you've so you have boy. done some prep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hang on. He's about Grant's to roll out one. my prep. He's about no, no, to roll no. out my prep. No. Grant's got one question which he'll ask after All me. Right. Well, my then you question, go first. Then let's my see. My question is: go for it. Scotty Mack got how many pole positions? Fifteen or sixteen? Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, a lot. So he's, a won lot the, he's, a, he's won the pole award the last four years. He's he's won. He's had more. Please put it this way: he's had more pole positions in the last four years than I've had hot dinners. <laughs> now he always says that it goes towards the Christmas fund. Um, he's obviously not going to be here to enjoy it. What have you got planned to spend that cash? Well, we, we always say it goes towards the Christmas fund, uh, but basically it goes into general revenue to make the cars go faster. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the reality is we, we do an awful lot to try and look after our staff. And sometimes it's not easy. I mean, in, in some economic circumstances, particularly the year we've just got through, it can be pretty tough. But one of the things we do like to do is 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 look after not only the, not only the staff but their families. I mean, years past we've had family days where 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 uh, the staff and their their spouse and their kids in, in in various instances have come along for a bit of a bit of a fun day fun fun day out in the barbecue and all those sorts of things. But this year we've got a really good really nice dinner planned and uh, and and uh, all the all of the staff are bringing their uh, their better halves along. So. Uh, it's a great opportunity for everyone just to celebrate the year that was. Now, my quirky question for you, Ryan, just before we... It wasn't uh, that quirky. His wasn't does, quirky. Does, mine, does, mine is yeah. quirky. Mine's quirky. Now, you're selling it up here. <clears throat> I am a little bit. And I think uh, it's going to live up to the hype as well. Our, um, our paths never really crossed in the journalistic um, team management role. That was intentional. Yeah, that's right. There, yeah. there we go. Perfect. Um, so I've never really got to ask you about this long, long pit lane rumor about your Tim Tam and Coca-Cola uh, desires. You mean Coke these? Hero. Tell me about these. Tell me yeah, about these. Well, it's, I had, I have, look, it's, it's, I'm only interested because I love Tim Tams. I'm not so well, much into the Coca-Cola, but certainly the Tim Tams, sweet tooth for sure. So, so it's, it's Coke, no sugar for me. And I would have the better part of a dozen cans a day. It's, it's a serious problem, but uh, all of my teeth are, uh, are the product of, uh, of, of one Verna Sauer uh, and uh, Michael Darvaniza here in Brisbane, who are, who are specialists and expert prosthodontists. <laughs> Free plug, and, thank uh, you. And they, they, they make me look good. <laughs> which to be fair is a pretty bloody hard thing to do but uh, no no i'm just a, a a genuine tim tam aficionado uh and a, and a snacker an all-round snacker mm. and i've been a coke uh, uh, you got to be careful how you say this you, yeah, can't, you can't describe yourself as a coke <laughs> fiend but i've been a coke no sugar fiend for years years dating back to my uni days always but back in my uni days i was a I, <laughs> back in my uni days i, I used to drink coke in 1.25 liter bottles but uh I've over the years downgraded to cans. I think it's probably a little bit more healthier, but uh, I'm sure water's even healthier still, but I'm always one for a bet. I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a degenerate gambler, but I like to, if someone challenges me to do something, I'm a really competitive son of a bitch that I, that I tend to go for it. And I scared the shit out of everyone last year because uh, I think someone made a throwaway comment saying, I bet you can't, uh, I bet you can't give up Coke. And I drank water for nearly three months, just, just, just basically to demonstrate that I could. And they were bringing, and the guys were bringing up boxes of water, which we, which, which we kindly received from one of our commercial partners in Coca-Cola Hamilton. They were bringing up uh, these bottles of water, and I was drinking them. I didn't touch Coke for a couple of months, and in the end, I, 
I think I proved my point and went back to Coke and it was like nothing ever happened. But uh, yeah. the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say is that uh, I am an ambassador for ch the children's char charity Camp Quality, which is a, a very, very worthy charity that uh, that looks after sick kids with cancer and their families. And, and in the case of the sick kids, their brothers and sisters as well. And one of their biggest donors is the Arnott's Foundation, which is basically a, a charity that, uh, that exists of all of the staff of, of, of Arnott's right across the country. And they raise well over $400,000 a year, I believe, for camp quality. And in actual fact, uh, right beside my desk here is a, is a, is a nice gift from, from Arnott's and the Arnott's Foundation because uh, we invited camp quality to come out to our ride stay a couple of weeks ago. And I scared the, scared the life out of them by being the driver uh, for, for some of them for their hot laps. But, uh, but the, those that would have been exciting. after me as well. You've you've seen me. I think no, it was slightly no, at Lakeside, uh, but uh, no, I, 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 you'll get an opportunity to. I, I'm sure. I heard it was uh, really really hot on on during the ride day. So did the uh, did Will get a little bit warm and just need a bit of a rest? He said, "Mate, get out. I'll take over." Well, look at the end of the day. You know, these it's it's when when it when it's pretty when it's when it's when it's when it's your train set. You you have there's some perks, can... I suppose. There's got to be some perks <laughs> if it's your train set. There's got to be. So when there are, <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of other cars out that you are on the ride stay that they did two ride stays in a row, so I was I'm obviously uh, I'm obviously uh, you know I'm a I'm a think I'm a I'm, I'm better thinker than I am a race driver, so I was indicating for these for these guys to pass me uh, into into three and into six, uh, just so because uh, obviously they were you know four four or five seconds a lap quicker than me because. Uh, you know, I got skills yeah, in other old areas. On. All ties, really. Yeah, well, it was, I mean, look, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they were, they, they, were, they weren't the best. They weren't, they weren't the best examples of Dunlops that we've had. But, uh, but, but uh, there was a bit of confusion because I think uh, Jake Kostecki was behind the wheel of, of one of the cars, and I think I put the indicator on, and he didn't know that it was me. Whereas I think the other guys out there knew that uh, it wasn't uh, Will or anyone else in the car at the time. <laughs> I was wondering why a shell car was holding him up, but uh, <laughs> but I was trying to use the indicator and do the right thing. But uh, I only do it for only do it for charitable purposes and and to look after my good friends at Camp Quality and give them a great experience. But it's a hell of a lot of fun for me too. I'd be I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. So no champing for a pro am supercars event somewhere down the track. I would love that. I reckon that would be fantastic. <laughs> I was meant to, I was meant to be in the uh, in the E Series race last year and it was a late scratching due to health. But uh, I was really pissed off afterwards because I, I did a little bit of practice in our sim here and I would have qualified on bloody pole. Oh. So <laughs> I, was, I was devastated. <laughs> well, but, Ryan, we could keep... But, uh, we could but keep I, will say, I will say, though, just based on that, I mean, if you watched... I mean, you, 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 you folks, you folks did, did, a, did a good job of, of your E-series with, the, with the, the TCR side of things, but the, the quality of the, of the drivers in the pro in the pro and I'm using air quotes here, supercars E series race was pretty, pretty bloody poor. So to say I would have qualified on pole is not an indication of my talent whatsoever. <laughs> just to be clear, just to be crystal clear. Uh, Ryan, we could keep asking questions forever and ever, but we'll, um, we'll pull the pin now just in case we go too far over the, uh, the limit and ask something that you'll get really upset us with. So um, let's- Throw one uh... more at me. Throw one more at me. I'm, 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 I'm warmed up. Throw one more at me. What do you got? TD, what do you, what do you reckon? Well, we did want to talk about supercars calendar. Yes. 
now it's obviously been reduced in rounds for next year. Um, what's what's the reason behind that? Is it, is it purely just for cost saving? Um, because it's been a difficult year for teams this year. And is it a, a case of next year trying to recoup some money and just sort of get through it? Um, or is there other factors? I just want to pay tribute. I just saw word that Chuck Yeager, the man who first broke the sound barrier, has just passed away at the age of 97. I just want oh, to wow. pay tribute oh, wow. to Chuck Yeager. Uh, that's not a way of diverting from your question. Um, but basically, uh, we reduced an event uh, from 2019 into, tw into 2020, or what was originally the calendar. And what we've attempted to do with the 2021 calendar is to ensure that we can get ourselves back into a good rhythm post-COVID and back into street circuit racing. And we saw an announcement a few days ago about, uh, about Newcastle coming back on the calendar. We've obviously seen Gold Coast being the uh, the final event of next year, which is really exciting. Um, and obviously, there's been uh, there's been some some political interventions and shenanigans go on in Adelaide, but that's a topic best uh, best best left uh, un, uh, untalked about for the present point in time. But uh, the reality is, as a national championship, this is something that that Roland Dane, in actual fact, has has been quite uh, quite strong about over the years. As a national championship, and given the population of Australia in particular, we have a significant number of, of events. So we're effectively a travelling roadshow, a travelling circus, and we get supported by state governments because in, in real terms, we're a, we're a very cost-effective way of, of promoting regional communities like Townsville, like Newcastle, like Bathurst, and even, even Darwin to a lesser extent. So we can put on street races and, and races at... Uh, at, on permanent circuits in, for, in a very cost-effective manner, but relative for the teams themselves and the series themselves, it's quite expensive. And in the case of the broadcast side of things in particular, when we go to an event, it takes a couple of days for everything to be set up well before the trucks get unloaded and we get ready to go racing. So what we've looked at doing, and I was on the commission at the time when we, when we, when we started putting this together for, for this year just past and talking about what, is, uh, what has become the 2021 calendar is we looked at two-day race meet meetings and returning to a more sprint-based format that, that led to punchier and more exciting racing. And we saw some different winners on the, on the top step of the podium, which is exactly what it was designed to do. And next year, we were going to see four fuel races and, and a continuation of some of that successful sprint racing that we have. So we've got a number of hours that, that we have live on, on Foxtel. And we have a number of hours and six live events on the Seven Network. And Seven being the home of sport in, in free-to-air land is going to significantly increase the viewership of our product and also the number of casual viewers who we may have lost over the years uh, being where we've been, uh, getting them back into the sport and uh, being a talking point at the water cooler come Monday morning. So we're pretty excited about it. The challenge is ensuring that there's continuity between those breaks between events. So it's it's a balance between economic sustainability of the teams and the category itself in not having back-to-back -back race weekends and too many of them, but also have you know so some may say having too much of a good thing is is just enough, but uh, having too much of a good thing is is a good thing. Uh, it will can cannot be a good thing as as the case may be. So we're conscious, and that's part of what Gen Three is about too of the economic sustainability and survival of the teams and ensuring that we can continue to put on a really good high quality show. And, and that's precisely what we've sought to do with this calendar 
we've tried to put together a robust calendar and I really do uh, applaud Supercars for what they've done in that there are backups to backups and in, in the event that the pandemic and COVID, we don't get through it the way that we all hope and the vaccine doesn't go the way that we all hope that it does. We've got contingency plans there so that we can continue to go racing. I mean, Supercars as a, as a sport, if you look back at the year that was, we were racing again on track in June. We were one of the first major sports to get back to doing what it is that we actually do. We put on an E-series that that, that, that had over a million people watch it over, over the course of the eight or so weeks that it was on. But we were back racing in June. So that was that. that's from the Grand Prix in March through to June. It was effectively a three-month break. It took a number of other sports a hell of a lot longer than that if they got back at all. So we need to ensure that we've got the robustness in the calendar so that if there are any interruptions, we can get back to racing but we also need to be conscious of the need to have 24 cars on the grid and sustainable competitive teams because the last thing that anyone needs is for one single team to dominate. And I know that sounds pretty hypocritical from the bloke who runs a team that's had the same, the same guy won the last three in a row, but I put that down to the talent of the steerer than anything else. Well, just one quick question on 2022, a huge shift to Gen 3. When do the first sketches, when do the first pieces of metal get ground away and, and start creating this uh, the, the, the new platform? A huge amount of engineering work has been done already. I mean, a lot of it's been done by Jeremy Moore in particular at AAA. Uh, we've done quite a bit here at, uh, at our facility as well. And the plan is to make, uh, is to make a couple of chassis and, uh, and get uh, a, the, a prototype put together to demonstrate the, uh, to demonstrate the, 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 I suppose the, uh, the, the validity of the direction in which we're going. I think we're going to see tremendous operational expenditure savings. Motor racing is expensive. You know, it says on the back of the ticket that motor racing, motor racing is dangerous. Should say it's bloody expensive as well. <laughs> so we, we have a national-based national championship here. We race in Australia and New Zealand. We're very fortunate to have FIA classification as well, which is fantastic. But we have a national championship in effect with cars that on a world scale are relatively cheap, but they are expensive to run. So if we can get a car that's got a lower, lower running cost and we can return to a more touring car based uh, look and feel in that our cars better resemble their road going counterparts, albeit with you know nice front bars on them and big fat, big fat tires and a, a huge rear wing, I think we're heading on the right track. And that's precisely what we're looking to do. We're looking to have repairable cars cost-effective cars and cars that don't require us to have mammoth mammoth, uh, mammoth workshops and factories and engineering powerhouses behind us uh, to uh, effectively be competitive. And we've gone down this direction over the past few years, rightly or wrongly. Uh, we've, we've gone in the time, and Dick, Dick Johnson would be the first to say this, the True Blue, the, the, ex, the ex-police car True Blue car was built by Dick Dino and uh, Roy Boy, Roy McDonald, and a couple of other mates, and they went on and uh, basically qualified on the front row at Bathurst and led the damn thing until he hit a rock. Those days are gone. Mm. Uh, the likelihood of, or the ability to enter a wild card at a race like Bathurst or any race and be competitive off off the cuff is gone. So we want to bring back a bit of the drivers, the driver driver's ability to the fore. We want to we want to showcase the driver's talent and ability. We want to have less, less, less complicated, but still a sophisticated, bespoke race car, and uh, and that's the aim of the game. But uh, most, best, best of all, and most importantly, they need to be V8s. They need to sound fantastic, which they will. 
and they need to look bloody good too, and uh, and uh, they're going to do that as well. So we're pretty excited about it. It's 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 the right step, and you know a lot of people get caught up talking about manufacturers and all these other things, and and that can be a smoke a smoke screen for what the real success story and what the success well what the real story at the heart of this is. This is talking about the future of the major category of motorsport in this country and ensuring its economic viability and its ongoing success. And with the television rights deal that we have, uh, with Repco coming on as a naming rights sponsor, not only for Bathurst, but for the series itself and Gen 3 in its entirety on, and, and standalone, we've got a lot of good stories to tell with our category. And I think we should, ha we should, take, to, we should take a sense of pride, I think, in, uh, in, in, in telling them. Well, Ryan, it's been awesome to chat. I know we're basically the last podcast that you've come on for uh, for 2020, but um, but uh, maybe we'll make it. A, uh, maybe we'll come back and, and speak to you early in 2021 and uh, see what the uh, see what that big fat man in the red suit brought you for Christmas and um, see how mm. things are shaping up. But um, we appreciate your time on Parked Up, and uh, we we hope you have a great Christmas. Likewise, gentlemen, and it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, look, Gralia, it, it is a shame that our paths never never crossed when you were on the beat. And uh, and the man, the man, the myth, the legend behind uh, behind Speed Cafe there, doing all the doing all this all all the work and running around. But uh, I think you should take enormous pride in what Speed Cafe has become. And you know, Brett Murray's a, a good mate, and he's a he's a great guy. But uh, but you're a huge part in building that platform up and. I think you, you, the pair of you, have done a great job with this podcast, getting it going, and and uh, and having uh, having huge success with it. So it's an absolute absolute pleasure to be with you. Have a great Thank holiday you. break, and uh, if I get the opportunity to join you again, I, I will. It's just a shame it took what thirty eight episodes before you had the decency <laughs> to even ask me on. But that's all right. That's all right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Mate. And we thank the good doctor for that very good, very extended chat. He didn't want to let us go. We could have done a, a, a whole two-parter with that man. Do you know when I uh, asked him to come on the show, I said, oh, look, we'll ask you about this, this, and this. It'll be about fifteen minute, a 15-minute chat. And I think that was about 45 minutes. He just kept going. That was awesome. That was great. It was great. And he's such, a, he's such a, an intelligent guy. He makes me feel eternally dumb anytime I hear or speak to him because he's so smart and so articulate and he knows, he knows his stuff so well. When he started talking about COVID and the vaccines and I thought, wow, I am, I am just not that smart. I should have really listened in school. Yeah. yeah. But if you, if you listen to it though, he's just trying to divert your question. I think <laughs> that was, a, it was a, it was a sneaky, it was a sneaky, uh, sneaky way. He does have a very good way of answering and not that they were really tough questions, you know, that really there's no great or ultimate answer right now to the question that I was asking, but um, yeah, he did go the, even so they, he went the long way around uh, answering it. But um, anyway, that's, uh, that's what makes the, that's what makes the man so successful. And yeah, let's, uh, I, I look forward to the next time I can enjoy a Tim Tam with him. Well, it's interesting because he does mention that it took a long time to get on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure we tried to get him on a couple of times oh, each definitely, year. Definitely. Definitely. So, but you know, there's a lot He's, to talk about for this last episode with him. So uh, we, yeah. I, I pushed a little harder this time. Yeah. 
And look, he had a bit going on. He had a bit going on this year as well, trying to wrap mean? up. He trying to wrap up mean? that fourth title, a fifth. But what what are they doing? Trying to wrap yeah. up that third title. Penske um, leaving. Penske no leaving. Sign new drivers. Yep. You know, um, high maintenance co-drivers, all of those sort of things. Yeah, like being on the commission at Viet Supercars, uh, whatever. What else? Um, well, look, a, he's a busy boy. The only thing he doesn't do is run his own podcasts, but no, well, there is time. But he did seem to know quite a bit about running podcasts. So um, uh, anyway, he can add that to his uh, his his string of accolades if if he does want to ever get into that. Tony D, that is it. We've done enough. Twenty twenty parked up. Let's park the thing up, good and proper. We're now done. We it was a it was a difficult start to twenty twenty. We kind of got going. 2021 is going to be a completely different beast. What is your top line take? What does 2021 bring for yourself? Uh, I am really excited about TCR, to be honest. Super excited about TCR. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to kick it off in uh, January and and just enjoy my racing. You know, I think uh, I've missed it this year and it sort of makes you appreciate it a little bit more. So that's that's the goal, mate. I'm going to go out there and, Enjoy the racing and uh, hopefully go one step better and win that championship. Perfect. And uh, What's I, did yours, tr- mate? I did try and get Ryan to talk about the enduro stuff, but uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys need to sit down and do your deal. Come on, get a deal done. I was hoping he was going to let me know today because it is, <laughs> it is my birthday uh, tomorrow. So I was hoping like he'd announce it on my birthday, but uh, no deal, no deal. But uh, look, I think I'm still in contention, so that that's a good thing. Cool. Yep, and uh, that is a very good team to be in contention for. Um, okay, cool. And for myself, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Christmas, we're going to have some fun, catch up with some family. You know, being trapped down in Melbourne, most of the family in Sydney, so we'll have um, lots of catch ups, lots of hugs. Maybe a couple of beers, maybe if I treat myself. I can guarantee maybe. it. You've been drinking beers while I've been watching on Zoom. <laughs> uh, don't, don't tell my boss. Oh, hang on. Oh, I am the boss. Um, yeah, anyway. I'm going to tell Lee. I'm going to tell Lee. Um, yeah. So anyway, looking forward to the year, looking forward to cars going back around and, um, and yeah, really enjoying, enjoying what we love doing. So um, we thank every single person who has uh, taken the time out of their day to listen to us. We thank them even more if they subscribed and thank them even more and more if they subscribed and like some of our stuff on the social medias you can find parked up podcast all over the facebooks and the instagrams you can find tony delberto on the facebook's instagrams twitters you probably even find him on linkedin tiktok tiktok um, there's a few others that I was about to mention that I just won't. I was going to say it, but you you took it straight to the gutter. That's it. That's it. Parked up. We're done. Tony D, thank you. See ya.